Hello and welcome into this week's edition of the Recruiting Blitz. I am Greg Smith, Senior Recruiting Analyst here at Inside Nebraska, and I'm joined once again by digital content extraordinaire Jansen Colburn. Jansen, how are you, man? Man, I'm doing good, Greg. It's uh, starting to feel like a pretty busy weekend, but luckily that gives us some stuff to talk about, so excited to get into it with you. Yeah, busy weekend indeed as Nebraska has kicked off what I, I've kind of termed the, uh, the most important month, uh, it feels like now, of the recruiting calendar, right? As June has kind of taken over as just a huge month when it comes to getting official visitors on campus um, and really kind of getting to see what a college's potential big board looks like, especially this first weekend, uh, but then for Nebraska for that weekend for June 23rd weekend as well, when they have, I think right now, have 16 confirmed official visitors for that weekend. But before we get to that weekend we've got to discuss this one um as nebraska has had a, a, a good weekend so far but there's a lot to get into so jansen what do we got yeah we're definitely gonna unpack this weekend it's still unfolding there's guys we haven't gotten a chance to talk to uh we'll say that for later on here in the show but let's talk a little bit about some news just kind of around the state of nebraska and uh national recruiting if you want to call it that uh one of the newest headlines was uh chase lofton out of elkhorn north not elkhorn south high school tight end he received an offer from oklahoma and that's that's his first offer of any kind so that's pretty big offer to get as your first offer so just right off the bat you see that news uh what do you make of that yeah it's it's interesting because you know uh, uh of course, right away, and you saw right away on our insiders board, people were like, man, is Nebraska slow on this? We, we Nebraska, they say we, Nebraska, we, we've got to be number one on these um, offers. We've got to get them out first to these local guys, to which I said uh, pretty much immediately in the thread, basically pump the brakes. When you have a 2025 prospect like this, that congratulations to him, by the way, for getting that offer from Oklahoma. That's a big deal. Um, and anytime a power five school, especially of that caliber, throws down your first offer, that's got to feel great, right? Um, but on the flip side of that, I think that this is a byproduct of just the order in which he went to these camps, right? Like he is coming to Nebraska's camp on is it June 16th. He'll be at Nebraska's camp. I double checked with him uh, to see. And so I think Nebraska will come through with an offer then. What his ends up happening a lot of times in these situations is that teams want to see players up close and personal, see them run around with their own eyes um, and then go from there. Right. And I think that that's the normal process in how this thing goes. So I don't think there's anything abnormal about where we are as it relates to Nebraska and him and Chase not getting that offer yet. I do think that this is just the first of many more to come for him though. This uh, summer, I think he's going to be a really hot prospect in the region and he'll be the next like kind of hybrid tight end guy that we're talking about in this area um obviously oklahoma has done a good job of kind of reaching into this state to pick up those tight ends as well as they've done that here recently um and so it also makes sense for them to kind of be early in on this and trust the fact that they've gotten other guys from from omaha so they might be able to pick him up too uh but i would expect nebraska to come through with an offer fairly soon what is it as we're as we're recording this 12 days from now you make a good point that He's 2025, not 2024. So it's not a similar, not necessarily the same situation as Nebraska being late to offer other in-state players like they have been in the past. But nonetheless, do you think that something like this does kind of force Nebraska's hand again to uh, put out an offer before it's too late? And um, 
yeah, do you just think that would uh, force Nebraska to consider putting out the offer sooner than they would have normally intended to do? In, in a perfect world, you would say, no, it shouldn't matter at all, right? But it does. Like, we're talking about people with egos. We're talking about human beings. It's going to matter. Nebraska is going to need to come through with an offer sooner rather than later if they do deem him an offer-worthy player. Again, I think that they will deem him an offer-worthy player, and he'll get that offer. Um, but if we're really talking about the difference of, what, 13 days um, in the offers. I don't see that as a huge like disrespect or slap in the face. I don't think that they're going to have like Oklahoma's going to have some sort of insurmountable lead with him by by throwing that offer down uh, a few days earlier. In in this, all of these are different though, right? All of these situations yeah. are so unique and it's different um, than what we saw with Rezac a little while ago with the Notre Dame situation because he really wanted to jump on that Notre Dame offer and he got out there um, quickly and he's also in, a, in the 2024 class like it's just different so all of these situations can be taken with their own lens or viewed with their own lens so to speak yeah absolutely um another tight end in the state if i said 2024 talked about a million times for a good reason <laughs> carter nelson uh he was down in georgia this weekend on an official visit and yep. a lot of people thought maybe Georgia could be on the outside looking in with him after they've gotten two commitments in the class already for the tight end position. Nonetheless, he comes on campus and he takes a visit. So obviously he'd be the third tight end and that would be a lot of kids in the same class. But um, he comes on to campus and visits. How serious of a contender do you think Georgia is in his recruitment? And if they're serious contenders, I mean, Nebraska's up against Georgia and a lot of powerhouse programs to try to land Carter. So what does Nebraska have to do to kind of keep themselves in the race? Yeah, I think the first part of that, I, I, it's interesting knowing that context of Nebraska or of Georgia already having two um, big time um, four star tight ends already in their class. Nebraska coming on strong for Carter Nelson before this weekend. I'm like, man, I threw down my future cast for Carter Nelson to come to Nebraska. I just, I, I just felt that it was the time to go ahead and throw that out there. I, you know how this is going. I saw that look that you just had on your face. So you know I'm about to hit you with a little bit of bad news. Uh, if you're a Husker fan watching this. I think it might be time to pump the brakes on that just a little bit as far as Nebraska and Carter Nelson. The reason I say that is I did get some intel this weekend that he is a take at Georgia. Um, he is someone that Georgia absolutely would take in a heartbeat um, was the way that it was described to me. And part of the reason is, is when you have a 6'5", 210, 215 pound kid that what is an over seven foot high jumper and, and is almost sub 11 in the 100 yard dash, um, you find a spot for him. I think that while they like, they really like those two other two tight ends that they have in their group, they also could try and recruit Carter as more of a hybrid, a big hybrid wide receiver to then make the numbers work and try to figure it out. If I were a Nebraska fan or if I were Matt Rule, that would make me a little bit nervous in that situation because you do not want to have to go up against Georgia for a kid that they're really recruiting hard right now. We have seen that obviously a couple of other times in this cycle. I'm going to go this video without saying that that quarterback's name. So we've seen that, right? When it comes to what Nebraska has to do to try to, you know, overcome that, I think that it's a lot of the same things that they had been doing to get really back in this race with Carter Nelson, which is I do think that the distance in the location of Nebraska being obviously within his state and being the home state school, I do think that that's going to be a factor down the stretch. 
Um, I also think that it is important that Danny Kalen, the quarterback from Bellevue West, has committed to this class and they're good friends that they can talk about playing together. And you may have some other kids from the state that also decide to get into this class as well. Um, I think that those things matter. Um, we'll see. He has to put his trust um, a lot into what Matt Rule and Bob Wager and those guys are selling when it comes to the trajectory of the program right now versus where it's been. I think that that has been a hurdle with a lot of top prospects and understandably so. That is not necessarily Matt Rule's fault, um, but I do think that that's a hurdle to overcome. So you've got to play to your strengths with his location, hometown hero, playing with people that you know and that you have a relationship with already here at State. With the with Nebraska having a quarterback commit already in the class and just the national attention that Carter Nelson's receiving, would it be safe to call him the number one target for Nebraska at this point in time? Yeah, I, I think that that's safe. And again, it, it's partially due. He is a fantastic player, um, but it's also the optics. You want to keep that. You've got to keep that kind of guy home. Um, we talked about it with Malachi Coleman last cycle. Like how often is a guy like Malachi Coleman rated that highly going to be in the state of Nebraska? It's not that often. And that is uh, that's spoken to by the fact that as good as Carter Nelson is as a prospect, he's not as highly rated as Malachi Coleman was. Right. Uh, but you still have to keep those guys home. And it's just a really good data point if you can keep a guy like Carter Nelson to say, listen, we can be trusted as a staff. If that guy trusts us, um, then you guys can too to be able to get into this class and we're going to get Nebraska trending in the right direction and get them back. All right, Greg, let's switch over to the guys that were here on campus this weekend. They had, this is the first official visit weekend and I don't know how long. So a uh, lot of, a good mix of guys that were on campus. They had a commit. They had some guys that have uh, visited for the first time and then mm -hmm. some guys that have taken a couple visits but aren't commits so let's just look at the list of guys who came on campus uh who are some of the guys you talked to and what's just been the reception from this weekend yeah, it's been really interesting to see the reception from the weekend, actually, because I think that, you know, when you mentioned the first official visit weekend, like, I believe that this is the first time that Matt Rule has ever hosted an official visit weekend in the summer. Like, if you think about yeah. it, these summer official visits didn't exist when he was last in college, right? Um, and so, yeah, it should be the first time that that's happened. So I'm fascinated to see how this staff, as we've seen them kind of adjust and adapt really quickly in other things, how they adjust and adapt going forward with that. Um, but even with that, I think that they put a really good foot forward with everyone that I've spoken with. And I know that um, our other writers here on staff have also talked to some guys too. Um, and those visit recaps are all up at InsideNebraska.com right now. So check those out. Um, but, you know, I Peyton um, Morgan is a defensive back out of Texas that is a really intriguing player. He's six foot three, almost 200 pounds, um, a rangy player that can play any of the positions in the back end of Nebraska's defense. Um, they really like him and have him toward the top of their defensive backboard. I know um, he had a great visit to Nebraska as he had nothing but positive things to say um, about the Huskers and his relationship with, with Evan Cooper, the defensive backs coach um, down there as well. Dante, Dante Carter is another kid who actually is really close with Peyton Morgan. I feel like this comes up a couple of times a cycle. We may have talked about it on this podcast before. There are always players that say they are a package deal and that they want to play together. Morgan and Carter are another one of two of those guys. 
to the point to where they lined up this official visit to Nebraska together. They wanted this visit to be at the same time. The only other team that they're both really heavily considering is Texas Tech, which again, Texas Tech is going to come up a lot um, when it comes to battles with Nebraska on the recruiting trail because of Joey McGuire's connection to Matt Rule, obviously Joey McGuire's connection to Garrett McGuire as well. It's a bit so ironic, really isn't it? Yeah, it's super intriguing. Like I find that, like I feel like as we go forward along, actually we're going to get more stories about that and that we're going to see more and more things about that because they look for so many of, si- of the similar or same traits in recruits, right? Those speedy yeah. track guys that they think they can coach up. If you go look at Texas Tech's roster, and I know this is a Nebraska football podcast, um, but if you look at their roster, especially on defense, they've got some dudes on that defensive side that were really underrated, under-recruited, that they've really coached up and turned into kind of athletic freaks. We saw it in the first round of the draft, right? Um, mm-hmm. So that's pretty intriguing if they're going to be kind of on parallel paths here uh, moving forward but it, Nebraska has done a really nice job um, with the guys that they had on campus uh, one more guy I definitely want to mention um, Caleb Pye from the offensive lineman from Omaha Central um, you'll definitely want to see that interview because I can't even sum up the amount of good things that he said about Nebraska and their staff he's come now to Nebraska including this official visit this was his fourth trip to Lincoln since Matt Rule has taken over the program. Um, he says that it keeps getting better and better. Um, he loves the atmosphere of Nebraska right now, the culture that Matt Rule is bringing. He said this staff is so much more um, intentional and intense in practice, and he really likes that. Um, he's He wants to also, it was intriguing to me that Danny Kalen, speaking of him, came down for basically an unofficial visit to then help recruit these guys. And you said saw, you saw the photos Twitter, of that. Yeah, that photo was awesome i asked caleb about that photo and he said that you know they didn't know that that's what the photo was going to be used for but he just knew for (laughs) sure that he wanted to take a photo with danny kalen this weekend because those two have become close throughout the recruiting process yeah and i think that both of them they did talk about what it would be like to be in-state nebraska guys that help bring nebraska back um and what it would be like to kind of see that or to be a part of that and i thought that that was a really neat thing to see out of the omaha prospect it seems like the person who stole the show this weekend in the recruiting weekend was Matt Rule. A lot of sounds like a lot of recruits had a lot of good things to say about Matt Rule. Uh, what did you hear from recruits talking to them? What did they have to say about Matt Rule? What, what sort you know, of things the, stood out? The thing that and the thing that stood out to me is what stood what all the guys basically said, which is that they didn't talk a ton about football with Matt Rule. Like, yeah, you you know that he's the head football coach, but he was so personable and his personality was infectious. He was really fired up for Nebraska. He has a great plan, but that they talked about life, that they just sat down and he was a really good guy to talk to. And it is a it's a really interesting thing to see Nebraska have a head coach that is known more as that kind of relatable recruiter, right? Like we haven't seen that all that much here recently. And so it's really nice to see that and to see Matt Rule kind of be a a guy in the positive direction for Nebraska when it comes to recruiting. I think it's really intriguing. And I think that we're going to see different, a difference in Nebraska's recruiting because of that. If Matt Rule can be a closer without talking about football and really beating guys over the head with that portion of it, um, it can just relate to players and their families. That came up a lot too, that Matt Rule, did a great job with the parents which we can totally see how that would happen um as well him being good with the parents i think that that'll pay dividends for nebraska in the future yeah and it sounds like nebraska improved their situation with a lot of guys this weekend it seems like it could be could prove to be profitable here in the future 
So as you look at the guys who did visit this weekend, you got to talk to some guys. Obviously, the it's still very fresh. This weekend isn't over, technically. And right. uh, you'll get to gauge more reactions. But as of right now, Sunday, um, which guys do you think Nebraska is really better their standing with? Oh, I think the first guy that absolutely comes to mind is Texas defensive end, um, Carlon Jones. I think that he's a guy that I, I have been raving about on our insiders board as a guy to watch this weekend, not necessarily because I had him coming in as a commi on commitment watch or anything. I love his film. I think he's a fantastic prospect that's under the radar. Um, he's at Bay City High School, which is the same high school as Bryce Turner, Nebraska's 2023 or one of their 2023 uh, wide receiver signees. But as a junior, Jones put up 100, 102 tackles 13 sacks and 29 tackles for loss like that's highly productive like that's very very good and I think he's just scratching the surface of the type of player that he can be I think Nebraska really blew him away with his expectations coming in versus what he saw and another guy that I would I want to call out um that I have not yet spoken to as a recording of this um but just hearing some things in the background Mario Buford I think is a guy that I, I still feel very good about him ended up in Nebraska's class I do have a future cast in that I put in recently for him I still feel good about that I think that every time he comes back to campus he's just reminded of why he's had Nebraska in that top group even independent from his brother being on the team and being a mainstay on the team I think Nebraska's done a fantastic job of recruiting him as well but I think that there are several guys that were here this weekend that could eventually end up in the class which is a testament to you know kind of them being able to prospect correctly to get the right guys on campus but then also do a good job with them on campus this weekend all right, before we get out of here, I do want to acknowledge someone commented that we should talk more about the offensive line recruiting. Oh, got bad news, but this weekend, besides Caleb Pryform, I think he might have been the lone offensive line visitor, but they do have guys slated to visit on the offensive line, so we'll get to <laughs> dive into that and uh, address what the what the people want to hear about, which is the beef up front. But Man, that's funny. I feel like we've had a lot of good offensive line talk. Like, I do. Maybe we need more. That's fine. If the people want more, that's fine. Because I have said, I know I've said this on this podcast, and I'll say it again for the record. Like, I think that that's the most important thing going in the Matt Rule era, that they have oh, to yeah. get the offensive line right. And if they do that, it makes life everywhere so much easier second to that is defensive line because it also makes everything so much easier on defense but yeah you'll definitely get more offensive line talk out of us well there's going to be more visit weekends coming up we got plenty more visitors to preview there will be plenty more offensive linemen to talk about but <laughs> uh that's all i got for now greg any closing thoughts yeah, another good episode, man. Thank you for being on with us again. Um, you guys, thank you guys for checking this out as well. Uh, we love you guys leaving the comments and getting after us um, and also, you know, telling us what you want to hear about, right? Uh, and all jokes aside. Uh, We're open sure to you, suggestions. We are open to suggestions. That's fine. We're the People's Podcast is what we yeah. you can call us right now. That's our little tagline now. Uh, but make sure you uh, like this video, subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can go ahead and get these videos directly in your feed. Uh, also, pop over to Inside nebraska make sure you're checking that out as well so you can see the full visit recaps uh from this weekend also all of the other coverage and content that we have and we will catch you guys next week